The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. Welcome to this edition of Startup Nation Radio. Interesting show today. A lot of people have great ideas, and sometimes those ideas, you know, they hit the market and they go like gangbusters, and other times a great idea maybe doesn't go for a little while until you bring on the right person or find the right model for the business or the right marketing, whatever it may be. Well, this is one of those stories. We've got a couple of guys who are meeting with huge success now right here in the Detroit region. Jacob Zubke, president and COO of AutoPets. Welcome, Startup Nation Radio. Thank you very much. Good to have you on. Brad Baxter, you're the founder and CEO of AutoPets. You've been at this 20 years or so, right? Yep. And you're the guy that came up with the idea. Let's start with that. Tell us about the genesis of the idea. Well, actually, what happened is uh, I had inherited a couple of cats, and this is about 20 years ago. And I was struggling with the uh, litter box duties, Mm. was not keeping up. Cats were protesting in the basement. And as a mechanical engineer, I started thinking about, oh, how can I solve this problem? Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing some patent searches on my ideas. And I actually found a guy that had patented exactly what I was thinking of doing. And instead of giving up at that point, I decided, well, you know what? Why don't I contact this guy? Let's set up a license agreement and I'll try to make this work from there. So that's how it got started. I love that. You know, many people stop right where you got the patent search back and it said, whoops, sorry, done, you're out. You know, someone's already either doing it or at least preventing others from doing it. And you had the, you know, entrepreneurial instinct to go after him, do a license deal. That's where he licensed the rights to you to make user sell. You paid him a royalty, I'm assuming. I don't know. The, yeah, yep, yeah, that's, that's right. That's typically the way these things are done. And my dream was really to build a business around a product idea, not so much to be the inventor, but to build a business. And so you did. And yeah. how did it go in the early going? Tell us about the uh, early days. To be honest, yeah. it was terrible. Um, for five years, I lost a lot of money. That tees it up. Yeah. Um, it was really tough. Uh, my wife was about ready to divorce me after about five years. <laughs> and at that point I had to pivot. You were, had, you were obsessed, weren't you? I, I was, I yeah. knew it was going to be a great idea. Yeah. I had to pivot. I did. I retooled everything and I got my costs down. At that point I started making a lot of money actually. I mean, we just took off after that and, uh, the rest is kind of history. We had kind of, we have another phase that we're going to talk about when Jacob came on board, but, uh, yeah, that was the first step of uh, moving forward. Okay, what's your background? You're a mechanical engineer? Uh, yeah, I'm trade? a mechanical engineer, uh-huh. worked in the automotive industry. Uh-huh. Uh, skills are in plastics, electronics, product design, product del- development. And I would imagine you're doing this full-time now. Oh, yeah, full-time now. And I was doing it full-time for the full 22 years and running another business in automotive. So I had to do that to keep it alive for five years. And then along comes Jacob. And why and how? I mean, Jacob, first tell us a little bit about your background and how the two of you intersect. Sure. As a digital marketer, I started a company out of college where I was offering digital marketing services to all different types of businesses. And along the way, I had pitched a then marketing manager, Dave, who is still on the team today. And Dave ended up joining AutoPets in uh, 2015 after previously being in another role where we didn't have a chance to work together. And he called me up when he joined and said, we need digital help. And I just exited my first business. was looking Mm. for something exciting to do. And Brad and I had the fortunate opportunity to meet in what was at the time a office that was not representative of the company that he was running. And I was sitting there in an office by myself with a cat on the counter (laughs) thinking, what the hell am I doing? Right, right, right. Are you, I gotta ask, are you a cat lover? At the time, I was not a cat person. I was a self-proclaimed dog person. Right, me too. And I definitely would put my arms up at the time and say I'm a dog person. Uh And fast forward six years with a cat in our home, I would say I'm a cat person now with a dog and a cat. Yeah. So interesting. 
Are you now? I have to ask Brad. You're a cat lover now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm an all pets person. All really. pets. I mean, I love pets. I, I have not had a lot of experience with cats, but I understand the problem that you're solving. Tell us about the product. Let's make sure we get that out. Then we'll talk about how you have hit this amazing trajectory in sales and company growth measured by however you want to measure it. This company's growing significantly. Tell us about the product. So the product is a self-cleaning automatic litter box. And what it does is, is it sifts the litter and it uses gravity to its advantage to sift and separate the clumps and then deposit them in a drawer below. The previous products were basically rakes that would rake mm-hmm. through the yep. litter bed that and push, yeah. push the clumps and into a waste bin on the end, and they were quite messy, didn't work very well. The way that we do it is very clean, very efficient, works every time. It looks a lot different. It's like a looks like a cement mixer, if you want to huh. get a mental image of uh-huh. it. It's, uh, but sure. It's, yeah. Sure, so. it does the sifting. Everything goes where it's supposed to. And what you're really selling is, is a way to not have to have interface, however you want to say it, with that experience of cleaning a cat litter box it's a lifestyle for cat parents yeah the number one i'll say chore that nobody wants to do in the household when you have a cat is scoop the litter box and with the litter robot you never have to do that again while making it better for the cat and better for yourself and that's a clear example of uh, someone coming up with a product idea that meets a really intense need as you say it's the worst thing about owning a cat i want to own my cat but i don't want to do that and i would imagine as a result of your product there are probably even cat owners that are now cat owners that otherwise might not have been yeah, you know? that's true, and we've, I mean, we've had claims of uh, marriages being saved and things <laughs> like that, too. So it's uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting uh, situation, and, and really, we're trying to take what used to be sort of typically lower-quality-type products to a, a new, higher level. You know, we're, we're really trying to uh, sell an appliance here, not yeah. a cheap pet product. Yeah, so. this isn't your call before midnight tonight for not, two payments of nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you'll have the, you know, the, this is a legitimate product, well-engineered, well-made, it sells at a, you know, what I would call a premium price point too. Tell us. $500. $500. I mean, there you go. And the reason I wanted to get the price point out there is that that's how intense the need and the desire to find a solution to the need is. Because people are, we can see now to the tune of tens of millions of dollars, your business is now selling that product. And I think that's interesting. And then one other thing I want to do before we go to a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll get into the story of, you know, the transition from how the business was operating before to the model that you came in, Jacob, in part to you, you know, put together and and now have really ignited the company's sales with and growth. You had an article in Entrepreneur Magazine recently, and it was cool. The, the, the headline of the article, we all want this headline. How do you get that headline? Tell us the headline of the article, Jacob. This company did for the litter box what Steve Jobs did for the cell phone. I mean, my God, that's got to give you shivers. It I mean, was, I mean, what are you, you know, uh, that, that's incredible. It definitely was, I think, representative of what we're trying to do in the category, which is change lifestyle for pet parents. And I think that the title was most definitely the most exciting uh, yeah. piece of press that we've had for the company. Wow. And I know you said that because I read that and that's really great. Well, it's exciting. Okay. We're going to go to a break. Then let's get into how this company went from moderate success to amazing growth and sales and success. That's what we want to hear. We want to hear how you did it too, right after this break on Startup Nation Radio. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Cool show today. Great story. Not only a great story of success, but listen up, everybody. If you're thinking of bringing a product to market, you're going to hear how it's done right. You're also going to hear how you can be challenged and then overcome those challenges and still take a product and get it to market successfully and grow a really big company around it. We've got Brad Baxter, founder and CEO of AutoPets, along with Jacob Zubke, president and COO now of AutoPets. You guys, it's a great story, but it wasn't always. I mean, you know, like any business, right? I mean, you got to find your way. You got to find the right model. You got to find the right vision. You got to find the right solution, the right branding, the right messaging, the right calls to action, the right channels. All those things have to be figured out. 
And it's a weakest link equation. So you can do 99 out of 100 things right, but if you don't do them all right, really, and not only right, not only good enough, but really, really supremely to break out. So take us back, Brad. Tell us the year. Tell us where you were. Tell us where things started to change. Well, the first change was really after about five years in retooling the product. So that was the second generation of the product, and that was successful for us. We started making money. Was that uh, around 2013? I that, just want to get no, the, that, that uh, goes back to about 2006. Okay, and, 2006, yeah. And so we ran that product for about, uh, actually about 10 years. But in the meantime, I knew that at, after about five years, I knew that I had to come out with a next generation product. We had to take all the customer input that we were gathering, mm-hmm. put that into a new product and get it out to the market as soon as possible because I knew eventually I was going to have some competition. So I started that in about 2012, 2013. We launched that new product, the third generation, in uh, 2015. So that's when we really started to break out. And it was at that time that we brought on Jacob. Yeah. And between the new product and great marketing, that was the combination that really sent us to the moon, so to speak. It was really a great timing for both. The stars aligning. Yes. But Jacob didn't come to you looking for a job. Again, you came, as I recall, you came to pitch on, you know, a marketing solution, right? Being a provider, a vendor, really, in effect, to drive a new approach to marketing for the company. And you had a proposal and you pitched it to the company. And then what happened? It goes from that to now, I mean, now you're the CEO of the company. How's that happen? Sure. So uh, at the beginning of 2015, Brad was readying to launch the new version of the Litter Robot. And at the time, we were a company that sold online. We had a website that was our primary sales channel, but we weren't really digital first. And by that, I mean fully immersed in social and digital and all the new hot platforms with an e-commerce first approach to how we went to market. And at the end of 2015, we're getting ready to do our big launch for the Litter Robot 3. And at the time, there were all these social celebrities that were coming out, now called influencers. Influencers, yeah. yeah. And at the time, that didn't even have the name yet. And it was just these people with giant followings. And I thought in about September of 2015, as we were getting ready for our big launch, we had everything ready to go. And then I stepped back and I said, you know, we really need to take advantage of this new digital advertising. And so we partnered with 25 influencers, all with a minimum reach of a million followers each. At the time, these were these cats that might have a deformity that resulted in the big following, like Venus Two-Faced Cat, where the cat's face is split down the middle of two different colors. And so wait a second. Like these influencers are literally, they were cats. They were cats. These aren't, the, these, these aren't the, followers. this isn't the persona of the owner. This is the persona of the cat. That is Not only did you get into influencer marketing largely before anyone else did, you were pioneering there, but you, you did it with cats. We did. And it really was about the best launch we could have had. So on December 1st of 2015, we had 25 influencers, all with a minimum reach of a million followers each, all post about the new litter robot. And at the time, our average website traffic was on a good month, 30,000 visitors. December 1st, 2015, 32,000 visitors on that day alone. And we we had our first million dollar month. And it really, it's been upward from there. And and that was kind of a breakout moment for the company where we realized this has got to be our way forward. So look, since that was the secret sauce, I got to drill down a little bit. Now we have kind of metrics that we can look at for influencer campaigns. You know, they're being done everywhere all the time. Now it's part of marketing. But at the time, as you said, there wasn't even the term influencer marketing. You know, where did you get the information on how to structure the deals? And, and you know, how did you put that together? Sure. This is before influencers at agents. Agents. I was going to say before, you know, now you can go to agencies and and just find the right influencers. How how did you put that together? So at the time I was becoming a new cat dad myself and my now wife, then girlfriend was, I saw that her, her behavior was changing. She was starting to buy from people that she followed. And I saw this like wave that was happening where consumers were being influenced 
by these influencers, people that just, they had similar interests. And, and so my wife, who was very into health and fitness, started buying and shopping from the people that she was following. And I thought the same thing could be done for our business because cat parents are cat parents. They all want what's best for their pet. Right. And, and that's what we, we just needed to be in front of more pet parents. Right. And cat parents are, when you're into cats, you're into cats, man. I mean, you know, that's one of the good things about it. It's a passionate kind of relationship that people have with their cats. And if you're a cat person, you would likely to be influenced by influencers who bring the best practices, even the little, you know, cute, feel-good stories and this, uh, that kind of stuff. So I would imagine it'd be very impactful. Yeah, and just going back to the state of mind too, right? At the time, a 1,000 visitors a day was a big number for us. And now, you know, well over a million visitors a month on our website. We're in a completely different business now than we were then. And so 30,000 visitors on that day, it was an aha moment for the company where we realized this has got to be our future. We have to take advantage of all the new opportunities in digital where we can be in front of passionate audiences that want to tell their friends about it. Yeah. And when was that? 2015? December 1st, 2015. 2015. So roughly six years ago. And then, so you pursued the influencer route and that worked really well. Is it still the way you're marketing the product? It is. So digital marketing uh, across all different channels, whether it be the hot new TikTok campaign or a promotion that we just launched with Todd Recall, where he was he put together a whole song around the litter box. And, Unbelievable. You know, as an influencer himself with millions of followers, his audience wants to see what he's doing. And as a new pet parent himself, he actually bought a litter robot before he even got his cats. And so here you had this model, you proved the success at the time that you rolled it out and had that December 2015 day when things became clear to you, you know, were you already on staff or were you a vendor at that time? I was a consultant turned employee okay. in, at okay. the end of 2015. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that day cemented it if, if it hadn't been already. And you had this idea and deployed the idea in this business. And it must have been really gratifying for you because there you were saying, damn, I was right. You know? I, I had banked my whole first year income on a commission structure that ended up paying off. And, you know, in February of 2016, we had to reevaluate that uh, compensation structure. But, you know, it, it really was an interesting time for both Brad and I, where he got to see the fruit of his labor over, you know, at the time, 15 years of hard work sure. all of a sudden taking off. Sure. And I think he always knew that that was going to happen, just didn't know exactly when or how. And he had been persevering for, for so many years with growth consistently. And this was just a breakout moment for us. It's really exciting. And so now take us to where we are today. I mean, the company then deploying those strategies and tactics and then following that model, you've gone from where you were early on to where you are today. Where are you? So we've grown, you know, about uh, 1400% in the last few years. It's been a lot of growth. And at the time in 2015, we were about 25 employees strong between our Michigan and Wisconsin facility. And now we're north of 300. We've got a whole in-house marketing and development team now north of 30 people. We have an engineering team that's now coming up to 30 people. We just brought on a really exciting new addition to the team, which is uh, Tim Sager, who is the uh, chief R&D officer of iRobot, just joined oh, our wow. board yeah. uh, in an effort to continue our visionary you know, goals that we have in changing life for pet parents. He brings a lot of innovation to the team, and we're making a lot of hires like that to, to help us continue growing. Yeah, and so the vision, Brad, going forward is to expand the product line now. Now you've got customers. You guys are selling all this. is all done through your own website, by the way. You own the customer. They're doing business with you directly. You're not on other marketplace platforms, right? We are about 90% direct to consumer with an international presence and then a recent test with Chewy.com. 
Okay, so the way to grow the company then, obviously, to in, in, continue to improve the product, the core product, the product that got you here, but to expand the product line. Yeah, what we are doing there is we're expanding into what I like to call the product trinity, which is food, water, waste. So we've got the waste covered, we've got the food covered, and we're moving into water. And what we want to do with that then as well is to collect data from all those three different products, yep. food, water, waste, and that, that data that we collect from those appliances is going to be very valuable to the pet parent and to vets. We're not really sure at what point it becomes valuable, but we know that that data is going to be very important. It provides a lot of insight into what your pet is doing, the health of your pet, things like that. So, and the data is for use by the owner of the pet or by you guys? By both. And by in both, fact, yeah. it's probably even more valuable to us internally. Yeah, strategically. Um, strategically. Yeah, right, and right. then there's a lot of data that, that could be of interest. What, when we can say to you that your two-year-old Bengal cat is going to the bathroom more frequently than other two-year-old Bengal cats that also weigh about 10 pounds, there's value in that. But yeah, then sure. we can tie that in with how much your pet is consuming, right. both food and water, and align those together. We now have something that we can offer to a pet parent that's never been yeah, able to be I can't help before. myself, but what about getting the cat's weight and then measuring it against those things? That's on the radar, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, but that's where I would go with that. I think that's really interesting to be able to compare those things. You could ratchet up, ratchet down the food intake, right? I mean, then yep. your management of you know care for your pet becomes more intelligent. And you guys benefit significantly because you know who to sell to. Exactly. It hit home for me, too. I have a cat at home, a seven-year-old Siberian cat. And about two years ago when we were just getting the Little Robot Connect to market, my uh, phone was blowing up with notifications from the app saying the cat was getting in and out, in and out, in and out. My wife at the time was at home, went over and checked the litter box. Our cat was sitting outside the litter box, struggling to go to the bathroom, getting in and out of the litter box. We rushed her to the vet and were able to quickly diagnose a UTI in our cat. And that's something we would have never seen with the traditional litter box. Really incredible. What a great story. Right here in the Detroit region, you guys really are killing it. It's It's the great story. It's what we all dream of, right? And there you are, making it happen. These are good days for you guys. We'll be back with more right after this break on Startup Nation Radio. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. What a great story. Jacob Zupke, Brad Baxter, you guys are living the dream. You've done it. You had a product vision. Love the way you went out and got the, you know, instead of the patent that existed knocking you out of the box, you found a way to work around that. You put your license deal together. You got your product. You bring in this brilliant young guy who's got a great vision for how the marketing ought to go, taking advantage of influencers before there was a such thing as influencers, and all the rest that goes with the story. And here you are today, 300 employees. What are the sales today? 40 million, roughly? A lot more than we were before. Can you believe that? $40 million. I mean, that's unbelievable. More, they're saying. Thumbs up. More even now. That's an old number. I love it. Incredible. All right, look, though, you guys aren't done. You're thinking. Wheels are turning. Where does it go from here? What are the next key objectives in your minds? I think the best explanation would be that we, we built our iPhone and we never stepped back to build our Apple. As a company, no one knows who the company is behind Litter You robot. like that Steve Jobs comparison, don't you? That's That works. You know, the analogy you know, works for what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ride with it. Go with it, man. You earned it. You know, Brad earned it, but uh, I helped him uh, tell the story in a bigger way. We got Waz and Jobs in the office (laughs) here, right? Right? Of the cat litter business. Yeah, I I think for us right now, it's stepping back to build our Apple. And for us, that's Whisker. So Litter Robot is a product, not a company. And I think a lot of people who are passionate users of Litter Robot don't even know who the company is behind it. And right now, we're stepping back to tell our story in a bigger way as we rebrand from Autopets to Whisker and make Whisker the forefront of our business. So that as we launch the Litter Robot, the Feeder Robot, the Agua Robot, and a whole slew of other refined pet accessories, people can fall in love with, you know, 
with Whisker as a brand as they have with Dyson, as they have with Apple right. and many other companies. So that's the company brand. That's the Apple equivalent, like you said. And then, and then you've got, you'll have your products branded independently uh, underneath that. Cute brand, by the way, Whisker, great brand. How do you spell it? Whisker.com. Wow, that's a good domain. There's domain a, hoarding There's a story problem. behind that. For sure. I'm sure there's a, <laughs> there's a story behind everything, isn't there? Whisker.com, yeah, I'll bet. Well, a story for another time. We'll definitely cover that. So you're focused on your brand, you know, and I think that's really smart because you own the customer in this case. And so you want to optimize the lifetime value of a customer. You want to extract as many sales opportunities, you know, that are good for them and good for you, obviously. But you can only go so far. And I would imagine that this, you know, product like the one you're selling right now, it doesn't get replaced a year later. And yet you're in their home. You're embedded in their lifestyle. You deliver a great value, you know, even save some marriages, right? <laughs> yep. I mean, so, you know, this is a big time thing. And now you have the opportunity once you own these customers to upsell, cross-sell, you know, and, and to do all these product ex extensions. And that's going to really drive the the big now growth of the company from here forward. Yeah. Over, over the last really year and a half, we've diversified our revenue significantly as we've launched a cat litter subscription business, a modern cat furniture line. We've got the feeder robot now for both cats and dogs. And I, I think what's coming in 2021, 2022 and beyond will be even that much more exciting for our existing customers and new customers alike. Let me ask this right now, the entire business is driven by your website's sales, right? E-commerce. Yep. Do you have to go wholesale? Do you have to go into retail with your product? How do you feel about that? What does the future growth look like in terms of, you know, staying all online or going to retail? We just brought on a really strategic hire, the individual who started retail at Warby Parker. And part of our future story is that we're going to be opening our own whisker stores, similar to Peloton wow. and other brands alike. Wow. It allows us to have that omni-channel experience and be where the consumer wants to shop. You know, not everybody wants to order online. They, they still want to go to a store and buy their household appliances. And we need to be there if that's where they want to shop. And I can see, you know, a great experiential kind of store, right? Kind of like the Apple store. I mean, right, that's kind of where you're headed. That is exactly that's your thinking headed. around it. I think that's the right, you know, I, I don't need to tell you. Well, it's really exciting. We want to keep tabs on your success. We'd love to check back with you and, you know, follow this great story. A lot of growth to be had. I have a feeling for the two of you guys. It's going to be exciting. Looking forward yeah, to it. Definitely. As long as we keep hiring smart people, I think we got a very bright future ahead. Go get them, guys. Thanks so much for telling your story on Startup Nation Radio. All right. From one great entrepreneurial story to another, we're featuring Detroit entrepreneurs on this show. We've got Doug Schwartz, founder of Detroit Wick and Trip Wipes. Doug, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Thanks for having hey, me. It's great to have you on. Now, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit really starts with that kind of light bulb moment. And it could take you down a path where you have a revolutionary idea. Or it could take you down a path where you look at a category and say, I can do this better. I can do this differently in essential ways that carve out an opportunity for me in this category. That's you, man. And you're doing it. I appreciate it. Tell us about your businesses, founder of Detroit Wick and Trip Wipes. Thank you. So Detroit Wick is, I like to look at it as a sensory marketing agency. And so I create- What the heck? Right. So that's, that's thinking about things differently. Yeah. I, I don't know about that category. Yeah. So, you know, we create fragrance at a high level for brands B2B. So companies will reach out to create what I call a scent logo, which is giving a brand a unique smell. Yeah. And then I make a manufactured product like for them. candles, like candles and like hand wipes, for example. And we're going to learn about that in a second, but First, I have to say, isn't smell one of the most powerful, like it's a thing that if you smell something as a kid and you smell it again as an adult, it can take you right back to that moment more powerfully than any other sense. That's right. Everyone remembers what Play-Doh smells like, Oh, right? Play-Doh smells like. That's exactly right. That's right. 
And that's the power of it. So if you create a scent for a brand or for an individual, that's a powerful hallmark, you know, uh, right? It's just another layer of brand recognition for, for that company or individual. Exactly. And that's what I love about entrepreneurs. That's what I love about your, that's kind of the essence of your story. You've found this new way to approach the category, to treat it, to think about it. You're thinking about the category differently. In your hand wipes, you say, you know, for trip wipes, it's, we want healthy hands. You know, we want you, I mean, I wasn't thinking about healthy hands. I was thinking about keeping germs off my hands. That was it. And that was as far as I thought about it as a consumer, as a customer. That's right. But you're changing the way your customers can think about you by reframing the category and what you're doing. And it's so creative and so amazing. Why two companies? Well, trip wipes happened two reasons. One, me being OCD by nature, and this is pre-COVID. <laughs> okay. And two, no hand sanitizing product really smelling incredible on the market. So that's where this idea was born. And really at the time, no one had a single use that was thoughtfully branded either. Okay. And so I created that from exactly that. So the commonality, Doug, between the two businesses is fragrance. Where did you get on to an idea that you wanted to do business centered on fragrance? Well, it really, it really happened by accident. I did retail for a long time and was in and around a lot of product. And fragrance has always resonated with me. It's yeah. like when you walk into that hotel and whatever scent that is, you always remember how great that smells. Yep. And so candles happened and it was on a very basic level, me making candles for customers and clients. And it really turned into people saying, oh, I want my brand on there. I want my logo on there. Can you develop this type of smell for me? And as I dug deep and started researching the process, I then collaborated with different perfumers and labs all right. around the wow. country. And your business is not one where you're selling to consumers. You're selling to businesses. Tell us about that. That's right. Yeah. So it could be a real estate agent. It can be a doctor's office. It can be any really brand who gifts something to their client and wants something unique. I mean, fragrance is a great way to do that. So again, any fragrance-related product like a candle, a room spray, a car spray, mobile fragrance, diffusers, scenting event space to give that experience. Yeah. So another layer of branding that elevate that company. And you're based in Detroit. In Eastern Market. Rumor has it you were down there before anybody else. I you, got you were down there. Actually, Dan Gilbert followed you. Well, rumor I, has it. I got I got there early. He was probably <laughs> before me for sure, but I was there pretty early on in, in the market and it's been incredible. Well, we want to hear about in the next segment, we've got to run to a break. I want to hear about how you put it all together. So you had this vision for these businesses. Tell us before we go to the break though, to tee up whether it's worth listening to this next segment, whether it's worth listening to Doug Schwartz, your sales on trip wipes have gone from what to what over the last short period of time? Well, in 2019, I think I produced 100,000 individual wipes. And in 2020, we did 13 million. Okay. You've got our attention. You've got, got our attention, Doug. We're going to go to a break. We'll be back with more. Doug Schwartz, founder of Detroit Wick and Trip Wipes. Stick with us on Startup Nation Radio. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. We've got a guy who's got a product, a couple of products, actually. Very interesting meeting with great success. One, hitting a level of 13 million units in sales. Doug Schwartz, welcome back. Thank you. So we all want to have a business that sells 13 million units of whatever it is that we want to sell. It sounds easy. You go from 100,000 to 13 million, but of course, none of it's easy. None of it is easy. We want to hear you know, from you. I think we've got the audience's attention now. We've got people inspired, dialed in. I want to do that. I want to have a business that sells 13 million units. Tell us how you got these businesses off the ground and maybe some of the you know, background and backstory in making it happen. You know, we mentioned Dan Gilbert in the last segment. He was definitely before me, but a mentor wow. for me for sure. And one of his sayings is money follows 
it doesn't lead. And so that's a really powerful statement, right? And to me, what that means is you got to do what you love first, not just going for the money, right? So right. you have to build your personal brand, whatever product or service it is that you sell based around love for it. Yeah. And everything. love and passion for it. That's right. Obviously belief in yourself. Yeah. And then you have to also beyond that, I would imagine, start to show some validation. I mean, you can believe in it all you want, but if you can't show me the money, That's you know, right. you're not going to get a Dan Gilbert or anyone else to pay attention, whether they're an investor or a buyer or whatever it may be. So how do you go from, you have this idea, you believe in yourself, you're passionate clearly about it. You have a unique knowledge and skill set centered on fragrance as the common theme. So you take this business, you, you start it. What are some of the key things you make sure you do early on to set up the blocking and tackle? So everyone has an idea. The percentage of people who execute the idea, even to get it to a product, an actual usable product or service, yeah. Yeah. is very few. So I think the first thing is really taking that idea that you have and, and making it into something tangible. And then once you have that product, it just doesn't sell itself, right? You have to do something with it. So taking it from product to the consumer is just as challenging as taking it from idea to product. It is. Two key major, major steps. Right. So you probably, because you were selling business to business. That's right. You're not at retail. We can't find you on Amazon or can we? Well, TripWipes you can. Okay. Yeah. TripWipes you yeah. can, sure. You can find that everywhere. Okay. But the personalized or what do you call it? The scent logo-based That's right. candle or... Does the scent come in other forms other than candle? That was a curiosity. Yeah, right? and any yeah. scent-related product. Okay, so you create this personalized working with experts in the field. That's right. I'm curious, how do you, you know, if I say to you, I want to have either my own personalized scent or I want my company to have it, so what kind of process do you take me through That's right. to determine what fits me? It's a vetting process. So we have some things in place and mechanisms that take you through the process of basically what you're smelling in your mind and what you want to wow. achieve. And we write those things out, your likes and dislikes, and we drill it down to what that would smell like. And then we take it into our lab and we engineer what we think that is. And, you know, it's nine, fascinating. nine out of 10 times we yeah. hit it. Yeah. And I would imagine that's a really cool moment when you go to do the reveal. That's right. You know, you pop the top up or however they are going to experience the smell, the scent. Yeah. That's got to be a cool moment. Very cool. And, you know, once that client loves that fragrance, then they own that. So that's proprietary to you. You own the formula. And then I can make and manufacture over time any product. So you can say to me, hey, I'm doing an event and I want to give my top 100 clients this personalized candle. Okay, done. And then a year later you say, I'm having an event and I want to do mobile fragrance for all the people who valet their car. And I want to just put that in the car so that when we drive away, they get that scent imprint. I got to tell you, that strikes me as just an incredibly strong idea. I Thank love you. that. Thank I mean, you. I think it's just really cool. It's how entrepreneurs need to think about opportunity within a category and how to carve out a niche. And I see that as having a meaningful place in the world. Right. And let me mention yeah. this with trip wipes, right? There are now thousands of different wipes on the market, right? We look at ourselves as a wellness brand. Okay. But when you open the of trip, you do. when you, when you yeah. open the trip wipe and you smell the wipe, that's it. You'll remember that incredible fragrance for the rest of time over any other wipe on the market. And that's how we developed it. Yeah, and the bottom line is no matter how well a product works, if I put it on my hands and it smells bad, that's right. I don't want it on my hands. Think I about, don't care how well it works. Think about right? all the, the sanitizing and disinfecting wipes right. that smell bad. Right. right. And here you put we a twist great. on it. Smell great. I want to put it on my hands because it smells great. That's right. Of course, I want it to do all the other things it's supposed to do. But that shows the power of thinking about your product within a category the right way. All right, so you've got the products now. And did you raise money? How did you finance the business? No money raised. So no, all through sales. No, that's correct. Started grassroots, pounding the pavement, that's knocking right. on doors. I'll tell, I'll tell you a funny story. When Costco called me, which was an incredible thing, 
and said, we want trip wipes to be in Costco's across the nation. Of course, I was nervous. Their purchase orders are monstrous. And how was I going to pay for that? And so the funny story is I started looking for investors. I was nervous. I didn't know if I could do it. I was unsure. And I ultimately made the decision not to take anyone on into my business and grind it out and did. And it ended up working. And that's not to say people shouldn't take on investors for, for different of reasons. Course. But, you know, we bootstrapped this thing. Wow. So yeah. you own 100% of the business With my wife. With your wife, of course, your family. Yep. And so you've protected that equity and you've got growth. Where does it go from here in your mind? You so know, that, uh, that's a great, that's a great yeah. question. Right now, we want to be that wellness brand that people want to partner with across the board. To be honest, just like you buy toilet paper for your company, wipes are just as important and it should be everywhere and will be everywhere. And it's going to be front of mind, I think, for the rest of oh, time. Here to stay. Right. Sure. There, there are wipes sure. before me. There will be wipes after me. But, you know, we create a brand and our give back is huge, too. You know, something to mention. I created a product in tandem with trip wipes called Shower Sheets. And on the front end, we didn't sell any of them. And my goal was to donate 100% of those to foundations that aid the homeless, starting in Detroit and nationally. Mm. And just to mention, in 2020, we donated 100,000 shower wow. sheets to frontline workers and, and for, for the homeless. Good for us. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. It's all powered by the sales of TripWipe, so it's pretty important that we give back. And so that's a big part of what drives you. So in the context of answering my question, where does it go from here? First of all, this is kind of a, I can just sense it about you. This is a way of life for you. This is a calling for you. This is. is where you want to be in life. You're doing what you want to be doing. Absolutely. So when I ask the question, where does it go from here? Part of the answer is, look, let me say it for you. I'm feeling pretty good about where I am. Well, we, we keep going. I mean, we again, you know, this is going to be a household name, in, in my opinion. And we want to make great product here, done domestic in Detroit, New York. And we want to do it right and, and get, be able to give back as well. Yeah. And so as you look down the road, do you see brand extensions coming or? Yeah. So we've, we've uh, collaborated on some packaging with the auto show we uh -huh. did with some stores that are in the airports across yeah. the board. But yeah, you know, we've got 13 SKUs. We've got 13 different products under the trip wipe umbrella, all in the wellness category. And we want to keep growing. So I have to ask you, do you or your company have an, a personalized scent, a scent logo? Well, I like to call trip wipes mine. Yours, okay. Yeah. But, you know, I did one from when my son was born. I did a fragrance for my wife's shower. So that, wow. was, that was an example of making something unique for us. Do you have a favorite kind of go-to scent? Like, are you like the, the, the woodsy kind of guy or, or the flower kind of, you know, or, or, or citrus? Good question. So this citrus fragrance that we created for trip wipes, you know, it sounds basic, but it is very high level and has many components to it. Uh -huh. It's one of my favorite smells, for sure. Citrus. Yeah. That's the direction you yeah. tend to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I like that, too. Yeah. It's light. Makes you feel good. It, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So being an entrepreneur and being in Detroit, as you view your success within your companies as part of the Detroit community, how has Detroit contributed to or impacted your business specifically? Yeah. So... We've got a tremendous amount of support, obviously, locally. Detroit, to me, you know, it, it speaks to the grind. Um, yeah. Anyone from the city, people outside looking in, I feel like everyone knows Detroit grinds and works for it. Blue-collar entrepreneurship. Everyone works man. for it. And yeah. so, you know, being able to put trip wipes on the map like that, I think, speaks to that grind, yeah. and hopefully it's recognized. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I think is unique about Detroit, I get the sense that entrepreneurs in Detroit want to help each other out. Community really means something. If you're a Detroiter, I mean, you could walk in with Trip Wipes or the scent business, uh, Detroit Wick, and, you know, still same product, same value proposition, same offering. 
But if you say, and I'm from Detroit, I'm just down the street, it, there's just that extra layer of, man, I want to do business with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for the tremendous support from my city. There's no question. I was born in Detroit. My business is Detroit. I live in Detroit. So I'm You're here. You're a Detroiter. Yeah, I'm here. All right. Yeah. If there are people out there listening that want to do business with you yep. and get their own scent logo, yep. which I just think is the coolest thing in the world. I want a scent logo. I'm telling you right now, we're doing business together. We're going to do it. We're going to do it for sure. How do they reach you? So, I mean, the best is through social, Instagram, at Detroit Wick, at Trip Wipes, and both .coms. Beautiful. Hey, yeah. Doug, thanks for coming on and sharing your story. Appreciate it. We're lucky to have you in Detroit. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll check back with you from time to time. Love to hear where the story goes from here. Thank you, my pleasure. Thanks, man. Great having you on. Great Startup Nation show. If you're wondering if there's entrepreneurship happening in a positive way in Detroit, there you have it, for sure. Thanks a lot to the guys who are on the show today, and we'll be back again next week, as always, with another great Startup Nation radio show. In between now and then, now you get out there and start it up. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.